0: It's the next level
1: Warning The following podcast may contain spoilers Listener discretion is advised Welcome primers into this issue 194 of the DC primetime podcast from the spotlight as well as the we have to go back lost revisited podcasts here on the next level podcast network. I am Ben Beck
0: and from the caffeine crew cast of pods and a person that's no longer sick as hell.
1: (laughs) Martin. <laughs> so glad to hear it because that was that sounded so rough for
0: you last week, man. Oh, uh, it was not good. And the funny thing, and I don't think I even told you, I ended up with pink eye, too, from that cold. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> How do you so end up with
1: I, pink eye from a
0: cold? Uh, so apparently the viral strain that's going on right now uh, has been impacting people with ear infections and pink eye because they said the bacteria is spreading so quickly. And I'm like. Great. So it's the first time I've had pink eyes since probably in the last 15 years. All right. Uh, N- at nope. least. And and that, that was annoying. That was really annoying. I'm sure it was. But
1: a uh, good note to self, do not come over to your house.
0: Uh, well, uh, no. Well, well, trust me, yeah, you're in the clear now. I, I had antibiotics. I'm putting antibiotics in my eye. So, <laughs> oh, <worked> that's good.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know what? It's the top of the podcast. We usually don't mention it until the end, but we're just going to bring it up now. And again, at the end, uh, we were a day late last week, unfortunately, because of, uh, you know, unfortunate things happening with you being sick and coming off of a, a big Halloween party. Uh, just as a fair warning, we are going to be late again next week. Uh, Because this coming weekend is our annual Extra Life Charity. So we are going to be dead to the world on Sunday, which is when we usually record.
0: Right. Um, And I was going to ask you uh, if... And I'll just ask you now, uh, we can just record Monday morning because I had, it took that day off because I was smart. Yes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm totally fine with that. We can record Monday morning. So uh, when we so use podcast will this release a little later in the day versus in the morning, that way we're we're kind of on top of things. It's the same way as we talked about last week. It really just boils down to because a crisis is coming. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure you guys get to stay on top of these episodes as fast as humanly possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those things that we just – we don't want to miss any time like you mentioned. But yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's fair enough. I think Monday night is – it'll probably post. So instead of 9 a.m. on Monday or around midnight on Monday, which is when it posts to the RSS feed. Uh, so that's when you can get it on iTunes and Google and Spotify. Uh, it posts to the Facebook page by 9, uh, 9 a.m. So I think uh, – it's fair. It's fair by eight o'clock Monday night. It'll be up, so you'll you'll miss yeah, it by yeah, like yeah. 11, 12 hours. It'll be delayed.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and I will probably record at like nine or ten in the morning, so yeah, it will be we'll be in good shape. Yeah,
1: though. yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah. So four new episodes, and yeah, we're definitely gearing up for that crisis. And surprisingly, a strong week this yeah. week from all four from from the shows. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I I've got three legend scores to give out this week.
1: So do I. I've got three legends and a pretty mid to high yeah, hero yeah. on the other. So we might be we might be pretty right along. I think you and I are dead on. Even keel I, when it comes. I think we're yeah. dead on. Uh, and, that, and that's the thing. We very rarely ever tell each other our rankings. And we usually save them for the podcast.
0: Yeah, I told you I was going to be given two shows. Uh, and there were two that you already watched. And you were like, they were really good. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I was really surprised too. Yeah.
1: Well, the one you had actually already watched before me. Yeah because you had you had watched it before we had actually even recorded last week's episode
0: yes 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 so that one's gonna that one's gonna be the one that's gonna be a little bit harder for me to get back to mentally because um, I watched two weeks of Batwoman back to back and that screwed me up a little bit but <laughs> I already kind of gave a preview of my score for that last week so with that why don't we get into it
1: Yeah, let's just jump right into it. We'll go through with each of the four episodes, giving them our one of three-point ranking, that being sidekick, hero, or legend. And then we'll go back and break down the episodes, as we usually do. So uh, let's start it off with Batwoman Season 1, Episode 5. I'm actually doing the correct one this week. Um, Where do you stand on this one, sir? uh, Sidekick, hero, or
0: legend? A well-deserved legend for this week. I think this was, and I said it lightly last week, this was the episode that put all the pieces into play. Um, And it's the episode that gets us currently up to speed post Elseworlds. And I think even just because it was a couple things, but you could also feel uh, in an interaction with Alice and a new character that was brought into the mix by the name of Mouse, how that kind of ties, and the fact that yes, there was this mass breakout in Elseworlds from Arkham Asylum, um, which kind of opens the doors now for a lot more potential, w- w- you know, like, you know, weekly villain characters to kind of make their appearance and have it make sense in the world versus just kind of like, hey, you know, like, this here's a random supervillain that is now running around this city. This, it now makes sense. It actually, there's a realistic and reason for it in this universe at this point in time. But I also think one of the major plot threads we got this week is made you really understand a character uh, in a very messed up, interesting way. And to the point where it made it that much more interesting. So this was the episode that made me say I am all in on Batwoman.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a legend for me as well. And you're right. This is that one episode that like I was still I was enjoying the series. But I was kind of skeptical, like there were parts of me like, OK, who's going to be the big bad and, and such? Like, because, you know, with Alice being Kate's sister, like, OK, are they are they villains? Are they good, you know, together? what Whatever it is. And then we get through this episode. I'm like, yeah, Alice is a big bad and she's going to be amazing this season. Yeah. So, yeah, it's absolute legend for me as well. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about it. Uh, next up, we have Supergirl, season five, episode five. Where do you stand, sidekick, hero, or legend?
0: You know what? I am gonna say this is a good middling hero. <laughs> it's it's again. There it was a lot of interesting concepts. A lot of pieces started to move, and we finally got our introduction into Leviathan a little bit more clearly. Something that we've been wondering where the major plot thread has been, and well, here it is. Here was the. Our official introduction, um, how things are really going to kind of move. Um, and you're starting to see how some of the pieces may now start working into play. I think this was a good setup, um, but it all happened in the last five minutes. I think the story to get there was okay. Uh, I definitely will say they that... Uh, there was some very laughable costume designs yet again yes. for a villain. <laughs> Agreed, um, and and that was a little disappointing. I haven't seen, I haven't almost laughed as hard as a villain design since we saw Hank Henshaw. So <laughs> I'll put it that way. Well, and I
1: and I have a couple comments on the costume design as well, which we'll get into in the breakdown. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was uh, I had two basic things that really stuck out to me: one good, one bad from the episode. But for that reason, I gave it a mid-hero as well. Uh, leaning a little bit more towards high, because as you mentioned, we're finally getting some progression into the story, um, which maybe it's two or three episodes a little too late. They should have jumped on it a little bit further before, but you know, Hey, it it is what it is. They're finally jumping into it, which is all that matters. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mid hero for me and I'll get into the, 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 the issue and the, the, the thing that I liked and the thing that I didn't when we get into the breakdown. Uh, next up, we have The Flash, Season 6, Episode 5. Where do you stay? I already know the answer to this one. But where do you stand on this, sidekick hero or legend? This one's getting
0: a legend again. I, I they're, they're just doing right this season. And I think they're doing a really awesome job um, with moving the pieces along. This one was kind of a, a small detour, but it was, I think, a really great episode for Cisco. I, I It was great to see a Cisco-centric episode because it's been a while since we've had one, um, but it dealt with some really interesting things. And I think this whole idea of death carrying very heavily around season 6A has been really incredibly well done.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, the, the whole Cisco-centric episode, as you mentioned, was... I think was really fantastic and you know I don't think it's been if they've done it it's been a while since they've done an episode without without Barry without Grant there as kind of taking the lead and I know they've done it before but the fact that they can do it and they do it so well uh, just shows how great of a supporting cast this show has. Um, you know, and that's a true spotlight of the series. So it's a legend. It was an absolute legend for me as well. I I loved the episode and kind of similar to last week's episode when we got the breakdown of Joe at the end. Um, this was a, a an episode that was full of emotion and maybe not as much as last week, but it merits me wanting to go back and rewatch the episode. So yeah, definitely. and last up, we have Arrow season eight, episode four sidekick hero or legend. And I already
0: know we're going to be surprised by this one. Uh, I didn't hate it. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) I did not hate it. I actually was pleasantly really surprised. And this doesn't change my opinion on a, uh, you know, green arrow in the Canaries TV show idea. But I think if they can, if that show does move forward and gets picked up, and they really look heavily at this episode. I think that show could be potentially decent. Um, there was a lot to love about this. This gets a legend. Yeah,
1: it's it's a legend for me as well. Um, again, there's one big nitpick that I have with the episode, which we'll get into when we do the breakdown. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, more great acting from Amel. Uh, phenomenal acting this week uh, from Rick Gonzalez. It Like he he, to me, was a standout from this week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think you're right. I think if they kind of focus on this tone for um, Green Arrow and the Canaries, which I don't know, it'll be interesting if they can do it, because I'm sure, obviously, they're going to be going back to 2040 by the end of the series, by the end of Arrow. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do it. But man, this was a this was a great episode. It's it's a legend for me as well. Yeah, definitely. So that being said, let's jump back to Batwoman season one, episode five. Mine is a long and sad tale. Alice takes Kate down the sad winding road of her life in the days after the accident. Mary has an argument with Catherine that sends her looking for Kate at Wayne Tower, but she comes un- But she comes into un, She becomes unwelcome company for Luke. Uh, the The Mary and Luke aspect of it was relatively short.
0: It was, but I will say, and I kind of hinted at it last week, that we see kind of this other part of Mary, and I said, you know, we joked about the socialite angle of her and all, and you're like, ah, and then you're like, maybe that's a bit of a mask, and you're like, it is and it isn't, but I really, really kind of enjoyed her a lot in this episode, because it was like what I was saying last week was, she's a lot more interesting when you bring her into play with other characters, Because she brought out some fun sides, more fun to Luke, but also Luke brought some fun to her. Uh, And the way that they interacted and played off of each other is something the show was missing. And I think, again, it was like the last pieces of a good recipe were all in this episode. Um, And having those dynamics starting to become uh, the norm is going to be interesting. Because if we now have Mary and Luke having this interaction back and forth... But Mary still doesn't know about Kate's identity. That's going to be an interesting thing to see play off if the three of them are in Wayne Tower a little bit more often uh, in the coming episodes. So I'm looking forward to watching that kind of play out. Because I will say, that's always been a fun part about a lot of these shows is when certain major cast members find out about the, the hero identity. Um, and I always think that's going to be fun. to. to I always think it's fun to watch play out. Um, and I think that's going to be really, really interesting, especially here because of the way that Mary basically told her mom to F off, you know, kind of like what you did was horrid. And, you know, she reacted to it the way that a lot of people react to it. Like, I'm going to drink my problems away. So it was believable. And she did it in a funny way, but like everything she was saying, even though it was kind of over the top, was really well warranted. And it was really interesting to see. And it was just that line. She's like, how many people have you uh, murdered Mary? And Luke's like. (laughs) zero right exactly zero (laughs) you know it was but it was it was funny like there was there was good humor to it but like it was also believable and I really thought that was
1: yeah yeah you're right the interaction between the two is going to be something I think they're going to have fun playing with as long as they kind of give it a little bit of time and they don't kind of reveal Kate's identity to Mary right away like it, it doesn't need to be like within the next episode or two that Mary finds out who who she is, like if they can do it right to the point where they kind of put it off until the end of the season, if not even into next season, it's um it, it's something they can definitely have fun with. And, you know, you kind of mentioned, too, it's it's one of those things that it's it's always fun when that kind of gets revealed. Uh, you know, you look at when Joe found out about Barry or even more recently when Captain Singh revealed that he knew who Barry was. Those are always kind of great moments uh, when you're watching shows like this. So, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's great character development. I think it's something they can have a lot of fun with as long as they take their time with it and not kind of push it on us right away. Yeah,
0: and I think it's fine. I think if it's by the end of the season, I think that will be perfect um, because, again, we, we've already seen that Mary can be very serious, uh, especially when it gets to her doing her job. So I think that's going to be fun to watch play out um, because we know she's she just like Kate kind of is got two sides you know um yeah, so it'll be'll be, yeah, it'll be sure. really cool to watch play out
1: yeah I agree completely uh so I guess that that really takes us into the Alice and Kate element of the episode because I really don't think there was much else that happened
0: no uh, this, this was the, the the focal point this was this was seriously the massive focal point um I will say that you know so we do get Alice's backstory. And the fact that it's a long, sad tale, uh, the long, sad tale, essentially, uh, was 100% true. It was kind of Absolutely. a heartbreaking episode to find out that, you know, uh, you know, Liz was, you know, found her way to a home after the wreck and essentially was kidnapped and was locked away and was essentially abused and kind of meant to live out this horrendous life for a very, very long time. And it was messed up. I mean, really messed up. Like, you know, she meets this young boy by the name of Mouse. And his father is this overbearing, creepy, very Batman-esque villain right off the bat, man. Like, he kind of plays like the the villain, the Dollmaker, just a little bit. If people are familiar with the Dollmaker from Batman War. Where it's that whole, like, you know, cutting people's skins off and, like... Kind of making these kind of Frankenstein esque monsters, and he's doing that to kind of try to find a way to fix his son, who got injured in a fire. Uh It was or or was it just a birth defect? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. I a don't
1: fire. think I, do they do they mention what it was? Because uh, I know. You know but,
0: I think I think you're right. I think I think that you think they didn't mention. I think it was just they mentioned it as a birth defect that he was disfigured. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the funny thing is, too, that I, I don't know if this is something that you know, but the character of Mouse uh, or Jonathan Cartwright is actually based off of a Batman villain because um, I did a little research into it. There was actually a character na- I think, named Jane Cartwright who had the ability to to mimic. OK, so um, so they're kind of twisting that a little bit. Actually, yeah, I just I just found it. Johnny is the first case of gender bending in Batwoman since he's based on the villain Jane Cartwright, a.k.a. Jane Doe, who first appeared uh, in a oh, Gotham episode. Yeah.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I do remember that one. Yep. Yeah. She's
1: based on a comic book Batman villain named Jane Doe who is a master of disguise and she has the power of mimicry. So, yeah, so she is he is actually based off of a of a Batman villain. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if they I'm I'm sure he's going to stick around for a little while.
0: Yeah, I I will say, 100% say um, that played incredibly great. And again, watching Alice control everything. And and the way I the best kind of can put this episode, uh, there's a weird twist on it. But for those people that watch it, it's one of my favorite movies I haven't seen in a really, really long time uh, from like the mid to late 90s called Suicide Kings. Yes. Um, and, And it was this. Sequence of just when they're at the diner and all these things. And Kate has Alice locked up is in shackles. She and she's still controlling everything that's going on. Like everything is so meticulously planned. She's controlling the scene, even though she's kind of in peril slash in danger. You know, she's captive. But you can tell she's always in control nonstop through it. And I love that. It's that trope. And it's, I, I hate to call it a trope because I think tropes have such a bad negative connotation to it, but it is. It is it is a trope that we've seen played in numerous things, but I always think it's one of the most fascinating ones. I love watching, you know, because we see it all the time on the hero side. You know, Batman is locked up. It's like even if you go back to the 66 Batman, you know, like Batman's tied to a chair. There's the death trap, but you know he's going to get out because yeah. he's still controlling the situation from start to finish. It it, it's so great to see that on the villain side. I think it's rare that we get to really see it a ton on the villain side. Like, you you know, we see, I mean, these more like kind of crime drama things and all these like classic pieces. But in something like this in that superhero entity, it's always just awesome to watch.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those elements, too, that, you know, when when you look at it from that perspective, that if you were to go back and rewatch the episode, how many signs would be there that that Alice was actually in control the whole time? You know, she Mm -hmm. willingly went with Kate because she knew, like, this whole plan was already set in motion. Like, this was all part of the plan, was her traveling with Kate to where they were going. So, uh, you know, and revisiting all of these elements of her life from the diner to the house, everything. So if you were to go back and rewatch the episode, how many signs would actually be there that Alice has been in control this whole time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, like I said, uh, and having the house that Alice was locked up, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, as the place that Kate's locked up in at the end was really twisted and dark and messed up. But like when we got this flashbacks of like Jacob Kane and, you know, Kate going to the house and finding her uh, after, you know, like she gets a chance to make the phone call to them. It was like, help, 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 you know, and you know, Jacob kind of being able to find a way to trace the call, all these things. And they get there and they, they're there and there's that beautiful scene Oh, where they're on the opposite sides of the door. Where we're seeing a young Kate and, and her sister on the other side. And, you know, this young version of Alice is terrified that if she says anything that her family is going to be killed and she chooses not to do anything. But that's – and that's where everything comes. And you see that great – there's a great line of dialogue from Alice to Kate uh, in the present where it's kind of like, you know that thing that people always say about twins? Where was that? She's like, I knew you were there. How did you not know? And you can see the pain come through her, and you see in this, you see how all of this episode of her as a young child turns her into that traditional Gotham villain, that perfect Gotham supervillain. And I loved every second of it. I thought it was so beautifully handled. Yeah,
1: and it's kind of interesting to watch too that Alice is a villain, um, in a mix of. I don't want to say it wasn't totally of her own doing. Uh, I think it's a mix of both. I mean, obviously she's pulled into a situation where you're right. She's basically kidnapped by, by this guy. Um, And, you know, obviously that pulls her into a situation that starts the whole road towards becoming who she is. Uh, You know, when she very easily could have been rescued if this guy hadn't been who he was. So he's kind of is the one that kind of takes the lead But then you're right, there are elements of when you have that scene with them and, you know, Alice not feeling that connection or Alice feeling the connection to Kate, but Kate not feeling it back, you know, not knowing that she was there. The whole twin thing, as you mentioned, is kind of it. it, That's kind of more of her own doing is that's more of a realization that maybe she's better off a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making my point very poignantly.
0: Uh, No, I I get it. It, it, It's. She hit a breaking point, and this is what sends her into She
1: kind of – she accepts the path that she's on because of that.
0: Right. She realizes that if she does anything, she's going to die, and her objective is to survive. Not realizing that decision is going to break her mentally. Um, And again, she becomes a traditional product of your environment kind of idea. It's nature versus nurture, is kind of the way that it kinda of plays, you know? And and but you know what? The one thing I really loved about this is this ties really heavily to the Batman villain mythos. Is most of Batman's villains and a lot of the villains in Gotham are born from tragedy, like heavy types of tragedies. You look at one of the versions of the origin of the Joker, of uh, like if you look at like the killing joke. This man who is married, they're waiting for the expectation of the having their first child. You know, he's a failure, is being a comedian, and he's poor. He's trying to find a way to make some extra money. He works for the Red Hood gang. And before the night of the whole incident, uh, his wife dies in a fire. And it was that idea of one bad day can change a person um and it was a really amazing tale and you look at people like victor freeze you know what happens to uh nora and how that sends him down to this path of becoming the scientist to do all these things and a horrible accident goes wrong but everything's still connected to the fact that he's trying to find a way to save his wife 2 Face. all of these things I can go on and on but every single batman villain just like batman just like kate are born out of tragedy and i love the fact that they're continuing that idea here on Batwoman. So I think if they stay with that idea, the show is going to do wonderfully. Because they pulled the drama out of the situation excellently. It felt well executed. It never came off cheesy. It never came off as hammy writing. It was acted and portrayed wonderfully by everybody involved. Um, And then when we get back to the present stuff and we see everything play out, man, there was the one scene, I don't know if you were like, oh damn, was the moment where you know, Jacob goes to the house and confronts Alice, and actually calls Alice, you know, her name.
1: Yeah, he calls and her Alice.
0: Well, no, no. Or no, Alice. he calls her um, Liz. Oh,
1: Liz. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's fully on that moment when he accepts her as her as his daughter. Like he's yeah, he, it's
0: I, fully realized at this point. It's like Liz put the knife down, and then she's like, "Oh my god, you you know it's me." And then she, you see her, and she's kind of like happy for a second then she stabs him in the chest yep and you're like holy crap and you thought jacob was going to be like done for a second like you know he's got to stick around but it made you question was he going to survive the episode and i was really really surprised on how strong that scene alone really was i think they did an excellent excellent job here and again very, very
1: impressive. Well, I, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see if Jacob does stick around. Because if, if looking to this week's episode, which will have already aired by the time you're hearing this, um, you know the description reads that a disturbing death has Gotham reeling. So
0: it won't be Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I think it <laughs> will be Jacob. It'll,
1: it'll be somebody else. But um, I just find that funny that they kind of threw that in there into the description of the following week. So. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it, this was definitely a turning point.
0: Are, oh, I'm not. Uh, why am I saying Liz Beth? Beth. Beth. That's it. Um, I, I could, I could remember. I just went I along like, with what you said. I, I said earlier, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, wait a second. Okay. I was like, because <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's, it's Beth. Yeah, yep. It, Beth. I remember Beth. now that
1: you said it. Um, I went along with you the first time. Cause I didn't know, but now that you said it, that clicks. I bet it's, it's Beth. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is definitely one of those episodes that Alice has has clicked with me as the big bad of the episode. And I think it's it's going to be a very fun ride to follow from this point forward.
0: Yeah. And honestly, the reason I think I always do that, too, because it is Elizabeth and Beth. Is that's why you said Liz. That. Yes. And that's why I said Liz. And I'm like, that's not right. Something's not right. I was like, I know it's Elizabeth. Why does that sound <laughs> wrong? And I'm like, it's like, OK, my brain's just. Not playing well with me at this. Point. Um, I had coffee. Coffee is still being integrated into my blood. so has stream, to. So. The
1: caffeine has to take effect. Yes. Um. Yes, yes. I, I'm going to mention next week's episode, obviously, as I always do, or this week's episode rather. But I want to address something really quick pertaining to Batwoman. I, I've gotten one or two messages about this uh, from people who have seen this article online. There's an article floating around. I'm not going to mention the source because if you if you listen to us or you've saw us posting before. You already know what the source is. There's already an article floating around from this source that Batwoman is in risk of being canceled because of the ratings. Knock it off. It's not. The ratings for Legends have been much lower than Batwoman's are right now currently, and Legends is going into season five. So stop it. It's There's no risk of Batwoman being canceled. CW always gives these shows time to develop. Don't listen to that article. And
0: it's not and going in to happen. All honesty. The ratings are actually decent. Um, they
1: yes, they they're, are. They're
0: actually very decent ratings. The only show that actually is suffering a little bit right now is Supergirl, and that's it. And I know because we pay attention to that stuff. Um, yes, I, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm gonna. You know, we can even bring up the news source, but I, I really, I hate the fact that this show has been attacked so heavily from people that are, and I hate to say it, so damn butthurt. The fact fact that we have a Batwoman TV show and it's dealing with, like, you know, gay and lesbian representation, you know, so uh, it's the same issue that Supergirl got got attacked for, too, with, like, things like Dreamer. Guys, look, if you have a problem with it, stop watching the shows. Yeah. Change the channel. It's
1: and don't be mad about using the term butthurt. I think that's a great term for it. Yeah, I use that term all the time. And I think you're right. I think if you have an issue with this show. Don't watch it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's just like if you don't like a song that's on the radio, change the station.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's not like they're doing wrong by the character because guess what? That's what the character is in the comics too. So chill. Yep, just chill. Exactly. Like I said, this, this whole, whole this this whole thing has been so ridiculous, and this show really does not deserve the review bombing that has happened to it on things like Metacritic and all the and IMDb and all this stuff because there's a whole bunch of people out there with their own kind of goals and roles that they want to have out there because you know they're they're not comfortable with like you know female-led superhero shows and all this stuff and they're not cool with gay and lesbian representation not everything is made for you there's tons of yeah. stuff that is made for you go enjoy that that's fine no one's saying you you, you have to love this again yep. you can watch flash you can watch arrow you can be pumped for the new superman show that's going to happen whatever you want to do you don't have to watch everything it's okay yeah <laughs> it's if, if you... all we want to say is it's okay to not like everything but you don't have to hate on it that's something else that somebody somebody else likes we know trust me we hated on arrow a ton <laughs> yes but we always had to we always apologize to people because we're like look man like we're doing this critically as this is the issues with the show never the actors. Never the showrunner. Well, sometimes it's the showrunners. Sometimes it's the showrunners. Sometimes it's the showrunners. But it's because we want to see it improve, not because we want to see it fail, because we have this weird vendetta against it. You know, it's it's, sometimes things should end because they've gone on for a long period of time. Sometimes things are just failing because it's not up to the caliber you expected it to be. But when that stuff happens, the best thing you do, just walk away. Take a break. Take a break. Uh, Yep. So I mean,
1: I'll wrap up this whole thing and move on to to the flash um, by simply saying this. Uh, I have two things to say. Uh, First off, you you mentioned we'll mention the news source. So I whatever. I'm I'm just going to mention it. Uh, Take articles you read from. We got this covered with a huge grain of salt. 90% of what they post. This is no lie, because, again, we follow all this. 90% 90% of what they post is clickbait bullshit. It is yeah. simply to get clicks. That's all it is. None of their stuff, none of their supposed sources are real. 90% of the shit they post never comes to fruition because it is bullshit. So anything you read from We Got This Covered, if you if you work for them, I apologize, but knock it off. It's bullshit. I'll uh, leave it at that. And number two, if you are butthurt, as Rob has so eloquently put it, by anything happening with Batwoman, because it's not what you expected or it's not what you like, we have three words for you. Get over it. Yeah. And that's it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all
1: right. Now, uh, looking to this week's episode, I'll be the judge. I'll be the jury. Uh, Disturbing Death has Gotham reeling and the city reaches out for their new vigilante hero. Uh, Luke confides in Kate while Sophie asks Jacob for a special assignment, and Alice continues her nefarious plot against the Canes. So, yeah, it's going to be. I hope the steam that they built up with this past week is going to continue with with this week.
0: I mean, we're going to see just like any first season, we're going to have these up and down episodes, up and down episodes. I mean, like I said, I don't, I'd be surprised if we get a sidekick episode from this anytime soon. I think the show is going to be staying steady into a mid mid to high hero. Dipping into legend, free, hopefully frequently, but I, I do think we're going to see a pretty solid ride. I think going through, yeah, again, I, I it, think so too. I think if if I were to say my prediction of where the season will end, if we were to give it an annual score, it would probably be like a seven seven five, and I think that's a really great first season. So,
1: yeah, agreed. Uh, All right, moving forward into Supergirl Season 5, Episode 5, Dangerous Liaisons. On the eve of the worldwide launch of Andrea Rojas's VR contact lenses, Kara and William team up on an investigation that exposes a terrorist plot. Kelly and Alex celebrate an anniversary, but Alex's safety is in jeopardy. Um, So I mentioned I have one thing that I had an issue with and one thing that I absolutely loved. I'm going to kick it off. With the thing that I absolutely loved. Uh, and that was how amazing is it seeing Phil Lamar as Malefic?
0: I love it. It's, it's so, great. so
1: great seeing Phil Lamar. I mean, it, like, Phil Lamar is one of those people that we grew up with, like in our childhood from voice acting and things like that. So seeing him actually coming in to play a physical. Uh, portrayal of a character he's been voicing since the beginning of the season is I just love it I love it so much
0: oh can I do the thing that you hated because I probably know it too (laughs) okay Uh,
1: let's see if you knew what it was
0: okay Uh, my guess is the character design of riproar well (laughs) okay so it
1: has to do with riproar and I find it funny because I think it was two episodes ago two weeks ago that I mentioned we got spider-man on uh on supergirl this week we got doc ock light
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, What drives me, that's for one. Okay. When they're like, Ripper, I'm like, interesting. That's an interesting character I didn't expect them to bring in because Ripper kind of looks like this giant, like kind of like a mixture of like the Hulk and Sabretooth with four arms. And then when we got him, I'm like, okay, apparently he's wearing the front covering of a Robocop helmet and a a child's backpack um, with... You know, Doc Ock arms, but he only got two of them because, you know, the budget was low on this episode. <laughs> so yeah. You're like, I'm like, man, this looks terrible. And I love this, like, whole plot thread that's running through the episode, too, of uh, William. is this kind of like, oh, my best friend was killed. And, oh and, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, okay, you've come face to face with this dude and you guys have seen shots of him. I'm like, oh, no, that beard doesn't look Not at all vaguely familiar to your friend that you keep looking at pictures of and that, constantly.
1: And that's the thing I had the biggest issue with was you see Ripror for the first time, and you see he's got this beard, and then you get the flashback of him and his friend Gabriel. I'm like, oh, my God, Ripror is so obviously Gabriel.
0: And I'm like, this is painful. And <laughs> I was like, and it gets to the end, of like, riproar is your friend and he's like how could this be and i'm like how are you this dumb <laughs> i'm like i thought you were this pulitzer surprise waiting journalist and i'm like man your credibility is gone yep and that
1: was the issue that literally i had that just made me laugh like when you see that flashback of him with his friend i'm like really you don't realize this is who riproar is you never saw the body you just saw a You just had this guy come in, in his own apartment, and say, Gabriel
0: is dead. Gabriel is dead. (laughs) And I'm like... Just pay no attention to the stylish beard underneath this shitty helmet. <laughs> so. Exactly,
1: like really, like don't. I mean, again, it's it's a good episode, oh. but the whole storyline with Rip Roy. Oh Roar god, it had
0: me laughing so loud in the wrong ways. It's is oh, so man.
1: ridiculous. Like really, like are you- like it wasn't enough to put it into sidekick territory, but still, it
0: was because it was such a small piece of of the of the, the equation, but still man i mean that was just oh god it was ridiculous it was so ridiculous and trust me look i get it all of these shows so far and i i I, I don't know if i'm wrong uh, with the exception of maybe batwoman um but batwoman doesn't have a lot of cg stuff going on like flash you know all these other shows like arrow supergirl you can tell They're holding their budget a little bit on the front half of the season. (laughs) All of that stuff has been wildly, like, very evident because, man, crisis is probably (coughs) costing these shows a small fortune uh, budget-wise. Even
1: some of the CGI last week with Malefic was really pushing it. Like, it was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, But, I mean, you're right. Now, I I do have to say, as far as the character of Rip War goes – Uh, You know, there is an existing character character in Superman lore called Rip Roar. He's um, he's from Apocalypse Um, and he is a legit guy with four arms. So,
0: yeah, it was like I was saying, he's like
1: that Hulk saber tooth kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, in in the aspect of the way that they they found a way to bring Rip Roar into this and using tech instead of like an actual physical physical element of the character, I'll give them credit for that. But the story behind it, man, needed a lot of work. I And I love the fact that you said, like, you're a Pulitzer Prize reporter. That hits the nail on the head right there.
0: It's kind of like, you know, he's got his little secret room where he's, like, doing all the stuff to, like, dig into all of the, you know, like, horrible things that, like, Rojas is doing and how all these things are interconnected. Like, he's doing serious detective work. And that is And there's a and I love, too, when we see his his crazy man board with his string, you know, you know, all leading into uh, Andre Rojas like it all. There's even a picture of his friend Gabriel. I'm like, come on. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to slug you, dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Will is not the he's he's not the most observant Pulitzer Prize reporter,
0: apparently. Right. But, all right, let's get into a big point, though, on how that kind of connects to the greater things. Because, like I said, throughout the episode, everybody's like, oh, Andre Rojas is behind all of this stuff. And they all say, no, she kind of isn't. Because we finally get the reveal of Leviathan, that she is working for Leviathan. Yes. Just kind of like Tessmacher was working for Leviathan, like last season that we find out. And all these things and how they're interconnected. So, Leviathan made itself well-known, and I... This is my prediction because we're still early on so this could be wildly wrong and I would not be surprised if I'm wildly wrong. But what we're seeing with what Lena is doing with Malefic because we'll get to that in a moment um, and we see her kind of playing with, you know, the obsidian tech with the the the, the lenses in a different way and mixes it with some Martian Fun joy, which is <laughs> fun. All kinds of messed up. Uh, but what I think we're going to see play out is it's going to be Obsidian and Leviathan versus Supergirl with Lena Luther in her corner. And I think that's what it's going to be is everything Lena is doing is going to be the thing that's going to save the day, essentially. But I think there's going to be a lot of collateral damage between relationships and friendships throughout all of it. So okay, it'll be interesting. I'm 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 gonna be interested to see how it will play. It's but, it's an
1: interesting prediction. Yeah, yeah I I never really yeah. I never really considered it, but I'd be int- I'd be really intrigued to see how it plays out. Yeah,
0: I mean, again, like Leviathan is using again the Obsidian VR lenses essentially to kind of tap into people. What Lean is doing is using it in a different way. Um, uh, so they they're gonna need something to counteract it. It just feels like that's where this whole story is going. But it's I I'm intrigued. But I also kind of don't care. And that's – that's <laughs> eh. it, it, it's, it's a weird place to be in because there are polar opposites in the grand scheme of this. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested that it feels like the plot is at least now moving forward.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I mean, I also agree with the fact that, like you said, like I really didn't care a little bit, um, you know, because I kind of mentioned this last week and I, I'm, I'm reinforcing it again this week. Basically, what Andrea Rojas has invented is the Oasis, yeah. you know, from Ready Player One. That's yeah. that's essentially what it is, except instead of VR glasses, it's contact lenses, um, you know, because we see a little bit about that. It, you know, we see the, a little bit about that play out by the end of the episode, um, you know, because that whole moment with Will, confronting uh, uh andrea and like there was a moment there where i legit thought that was real
0: yeah and i'm like oh that was a good scene and then when it faded out I'm like nicely done and that was one of those scenes that i'm like yep this deserves to stay in the hero category like there was a couple really good scenes in this episode yeah um and uh we got some good traditional classic comic bookiness to this episode that was super fun of you know rip going into like antarctica and using this like You know, bit of like, you know, Lex tech and basically destroying the polar, like one of the polar ice caps and just watching Supergirl and John just kind of just, you know, comic booking it up was, it was, is always fun. I, you know what, as cheesy as those scenes can be sometimes. They're still always enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. The only issue I had with that too, like the whole, you know, creating the whirlpool to stop the, stop the water from rushing towards the coast was, was one thing. Um, but the the only issue I had was Nia was able to stop a wave that was threatening the entire coast by targeting it in one location. Like I, that's the only thing I kind of had a little bit of an issue with.
0: Well, I don't think it was the entire coast that she broke. It was I think just that area. Okay. So All
1: right, maybe, maybe that might uh, be okay.
0: Again, yes, you're right. It was a little cheesy. I mean, honestly, I think the best thing we've ever seen with a tidal wave was the flash where we saw like, you know, the, the running back and forth to break, yeah. break a tsunami like you know, like the tsunami wave. I mean, and stuff I mean like don't, that. Yeah. I think it was like season two of the Yeah, flash. I mean, and
1: don't and, get me wrong, know, like I really enjoyed the fact that they actually spotlighted more of Dreamer's powers. Um, you know, it, it
0: well, we've seen her use those, like, force waves. But not before, to stop a tidal wave. Just yeah. Never, to this extent.
1: You know, yeah, they're, they're really extent, putting so. a spotlight on showing us the, the true abilities that she really has. So for that reason, I pride them on that, and I enjoy it. But I just was just like, okay, you pinpointed one location of a wave, and it shut down the entire thing. I'm like, okay, that's a little far-fetched. But again, when you watch these shows, you kind of have to turn reality off. So you know well,
0: again it's comic book logic has to and that's why again like we we're not going to knock the rip-roar thing because you know we're for us to argue is like uh, how does somebody not know this is the same way that saying how do people not know that car danvers is supergirl because she has a pair that's of blasters, true. Her hair that's true that's very ponytail. true it's this it's the same concept it's it's still funny to call it out though sometimes because sometimes it is really <laughs> goofy and it is really cheesy And that's okay because again, comic books are goofy and cheesy because comic books are about are all about having fun, Uh, and that's really I think where and that's kind of goes back to when we were talking about Batwoman. It's kind of like no, it's all about having something fun. It's that's purely what this is. This medium is for it is to give you a sense of emotion and you know sometimes terror, sometimes excitement. Uh, There's drama, all these fun emotions that can come out of something like this. But at the end of the day, they're they're. They're silly characters and concepts that we love and have kind of become our part of our lexicon. They've become our new mythology, our modern day myth, and it's 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 great. It's it's kind of like again, if you saw like a TV show nailed with dealing with the gods of like you know ancient Greece, you know, and things like that, it, you wouldn't argue that because you are like, well, that's what they do. It's some of it may seem goofy and silly, but it's still why yeah. We enjoy yeah that's true their existence
1: again it's that flipping that switch of reality off uh and just trying to enjoy it
0: oh yeah and, that, and that's that's always difficult it's like when it was it's like my favorite like one of your favorite my favorite stories that you've told us is like one of the movie reviews that you've done of like seeing skyscraper with you know, yes the, the rock <laughs> and having a critic there being kind of like this was ridiculous this is unbelievable, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: and me actually turning to that critic and saying something to him about that. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, unless you believe like a man can truly fly, shut the hell up. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know,
1: it's yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, and I'm guilty of it too, like laughing up at the whole rip-roar thing. But still, you know, that was just still a good fun and made us laugh. But oh, yeah. But it's it, again, you know, it's like you said, we didn't give the episode a sidekick because of that. We it was We just found it funny.
0: Yeah, it was it was something that was just wonderfully goofy and silly, and like, oh, this is ridiculous, and we know it's ridiculous, but I'm sure the show does too. You know, it's they probably can go back and look at the episode, and be like, Maybe this wasn't the best character design, things like that. But it's it, it's finding humor in a in in a goofy situation with that, and just it's fun to point some of that stuff out because I'm sure there's just like me, just like Ben, I'm sure a lot of you are like, this is just this is ridiculous and it's just we want to laugh along with you guys but not laugh at you know the people portraying the characters and saying man you did a horrible job and stuff like that again we never want to attack the people that are are involved in making these things but sometimes we were like you could have done a
1: little better on (laughs) this
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe we could have t- taken another another stab at this. Maybe design one wasn't the only one we should went with. You know, it's all yeah. good. But I mean, next time, next time. But
1: we'll I do mean, better, like you said you know? too, like them a very obviously reserving budget for crisis. I'm giving them a pass on that because it's crisis. Oh, yeah. You know, like if you want to save your budget for crisis because you want to make crisis as big as you possibly can and look as amazing as you can, I'm fine with you saving your budget and getting a little bit slightly less than quality CGI. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, you know what? That's I, I'm quite happy with that because again, man, Crisis is such a huge, huge deal for DC Comics and DC Comics history and everything that kind of came after it. So the fact that they're even willing to attempt this is just fascinating. It's truly fascinating. It's never going to be the budget of something like Endgame for again you know, with Avengers, but still, it's it's still amazing to think that. A network like the CW is willing to attempt it. It's cool. It's really just
1: yeah. Awesome. I mean, it, you know, and it's funny that you mention Avengers and I, I, Avengers and Endgame. And I apologize for spoilers, but the movie's been out for like months now, so you know, sorry. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of like that moment when Cap wields Mjolnir. You know, Crisis is very it is. I compare it to that, and that Crisis is that one is that one thing we didn't know we wanted until we got it. And now that's mm-hmm. what we're getting like we we you and I are guilty of the same thing. We're well, not guilty of it. But, you know, it was one of those things that we jokingly said, like, oh, they'll probably they're teasing crisis. But if they ever do it, it'll be amazing. And because at that time we had no idea this was their basically their endgame for some of this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny to go back to it and think about that in the course of 194 episodes now, like. And we even said that jokingly back then, like, and that was well before yeah. like, we knew about anything happening for Houseworlds. Of like, I was like, man, if they do, if they ever did Crisis on Infinite Earths, we're hanging up our hat. And then they said, like, well, we're <laughs> yeah, hanging exactly. up our hats <laughs> because <laughs> because like it was it was it was so unexpected. It's so. And then so when unexpected.
1: you go back and you watch everything, you know, if you were to go back and rewatch all of these, especially Flash from like season one, do, like it's been hinted at since season one, you know.
0: Episode one, season one, Yeah, you know, like it, it's been, there and, you know, so, beginning.
1: you know, with the, with Barry's newspaper, with, um, you know, with Lila being called Harbinger, there have been hints at crisis since the beginning of all of these shows. And now they're finally giving us what we wanted. um, And it's just amazing. So, yeah, save your budget all you want. I don't care. Like if you're putting it in the crisis. Fine. I'm yeah. totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else about the episode? I we've kind of broken, train went off the rail a little bit. We're already at fifty minutes, and we still have like two more shows to talk about. That's um, so apologize if we run a little long this episode, but um, I, I, so- I
0: guess the only other thing really is boils down to again we 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 see Malifek and Lena in in you know the lab, and really we just get this you know fact that he's like, look, I will help you with your on your quest of finding ways to make people. Act against being violent, uh, but you have to remove the the Martian block so I can find a way to destroy my brother. And surprise, surprise, R-R- Lena reneges on the deal after she gets what she wants. So yeah, uh, so we see Lena's plan kind of coming to fruition, and she's using again the obsidian tech where, like, you know, um, the obsidian eyes are like this blue, but we see them go. Lena, the male green kind of is the best way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see it play. But that was really kind of it. That's that's all we got this episode.
1: Yeah. So I think the only question left to ask is, uh, you know, the same you kind of mentioned how Eve Tessmacher was brought into Leviathan. Uh, Eve was kind of brought in forcefully against her will. Uh, I think the question remains now as if it's the same for Andrea. Like, did she did she willingly work for Leviathan or was she kind of held hostage by them as well? And I hope hopefully we'll see if that's something that plays out a little bit later on.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh,
1: looking forward to this week's episode, we have uh, as soon as the stupid link opens for me. uh, Season five, episode six, Confidence Woman. While a new villain is under arrest at the DEO, Supergirl uses him to try and understand who was responsible for the recent attacks. Meanwhile, Andrea and Lena think back on their tumultuous past. Uh, I don't know who the new villain will be, but cause there's no cast listing for this episode, but we shall see. So, well, there's mm-hmm. basic cast. There's not really, um, it doesn't say anybody else. So, uh, all right. That brings us to the flash season six, episode five, kiss, kiss, breach, breach this is a fantastic episode title. Uh, Cisco's faith is in his ability to fill Barry's shoes as team leader is upended when he learns of a shocking murder. Killer Frost trusts no one except herself to hunt down the dangerous Ramsey Russo. Uh, how wonderful was it seeing Trey Hill return as Breacher? He he's such a dynamic character to to this show. He's he, like seeing him come in. I know how we were so excited. When we saw him come in as Breacher the first time and every time we've gotten him since has just been so much fun. But this was kind of a different, um, you know, kind of different take on the character. The last time we saw him, he was losing his Breacher abilities. So we kind of saw him broken a little bit now, but that time. But this time, man, he's even more broken because we find out the fate of Gypsy. Which you know is rather yeah, unfortunate. Definitely. We find out that Gypsy uh, was murdered by m- murdered by a, um, a, a, a a jumper that she's been chasing for a while by the name of Echo. And it's uh, it's mm-hmm. man, it's it's such. It, I'm kind of getting tongue tied a little bit because there's just so much to this, especially when it comes to Cisco. And yeah, Virginia.
0: no, definitely. I, I, I'm right there with you, and it was. It, <sighs> It was a really good episode. It was just, uh, you know what? I, I've I've said in the past that I, I, I was not the biggest fan initially of how they did Trejo's character. Like I always thought he was a little too over the top. They really kind of just hit him perfect in this one. I, they rein him in this this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's always been played more kind of like slapstick comedy on the Flash. Here, not as much, and it, it still cracks me up though. Anytime he Cisco calls him Josh, <laughs> so <laughs> 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 because does anybody call Danny Trejo Josh? just feels so wrong. Yeah, um. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, it, it feels it feels awkward, but it's still funny at the same time.
0: It is. It is. It so is. Uh, but it's it's. It, but but it was it was unexpected for them to kill off. Cynthia it was really really unexpected for that to happen uh, and, and but not only did this episode become a who done it with having basically you know the, uh, the you know basically the the multiverse police kind of hunting things down and trying to find out what happened to her um, that ultimately we get you know this really kind of who done it mystery that ultimately points back to Cisco. Uh, that Cisco's the one responsible for killing Gypsy. And, you know, they say there's no one on any earth that looks like Cisco that has his talent and his ability as far as being a scientist to be able to pull this off. And that continues to play. But we also see that Sisko's basically kind of sleepwalking and kind of reacting in weird, twisted ways because of suppressing his powers there's some side effects to the whole things
1: and that was well wasn't that kind of wasn't that kind of debunked by the end because that it, it we found out that echo was the one causing well, echo that. was
0: the one causing that but i'm so to, to build up to, to to build up to that but like i said it, it's we see that it's, it's impacting him in a way that plays out and we, we get an answer by the end of the episode so yes it, it's it is debunked but like i said it's interesting on how that's played on this missing time and how all of this is functioning And how that actually kind of comes to fruition it was was a nice like wool over your eyes kind of moment and i loved how that played i think that was really really well done yeah um
1: i i do want to say too the whole there's nobody else who is like this on any other earth um not exactly true uh, as we did have reverb for a while
0: but reverb's dead. I, reverb I is dead. Yeah. So, so currently, there's nobody Cur- else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because reverb is where we. Oh man, it's so crazy to think all the way back to season two of the Flash. Yeah. Uh, with with things like that. But yeah, it's 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 crazy to kind of go through this. But you're you're right there. Like Cisco did such an amazing job of leading this episode. Like, and it was such a great tie to last week's episode of having him being the one to lead the team, um, and watching him kind of. Take up the reins was really interesting, but I loved the the Barry, uh, you know, his, his <laughs> algorithm, basically siri um, And one of my, yeah, and, and my favorite, uh, one of my favorite lines in this episode, it just cracked me up. I'm like, what's my, you know, like Barry, oh, you know, Barry, what's Barry's favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, oh, it's Empire Strikes Back. And he's like, it's Jurassic Park. He's like, come, uh, wow, come to think of Empire. Yeah. I think I do like that movie more. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean, you know, like we've we've talked a lot a lot lately over the past couple of weeks about how there's really been a centralized theme to the episodes. You know, last week we kind of talked about the stages of grief and how they kind of went through it, and this week, um, you know, the faith is basic. the The theme is basically having faith in others. Um, well, it's you having know, faith in
0: others, but understanding that just because. Uh, someone's dead does not mean that you can't move forward with your life. Uh, Cause we really see that kind of come into a big part of this episode too.
1: Well, I mean, but again, like when I mentioned like having faith in others, you know, we don't just get that with the Cisco element of this story with Barry having, you know, faith in, in Cisco that he could run this, uh, you know, he could run this team without him there. But, you know, we have Joe West and Nash, Um, You know where they want to break Nash basically wants to break the door down to get out you know break the walls down to get out but Joe is the one who basically has faith in his people um, you know that they will find him and it's another wonderful element of the true detective that Ralph has become when you Mm -hmm. know Ralph comes in as elongated man which is such a great moment when he kind of sleeks through the I love that scene Um, you know and then. You know, when he's like, oh, you got my signal. And he's like, no, I traced where you were at. I found the car. I read your notes. I read the notes about you. And it's like, holy shit. Like Ralph really is a phenomenal detective. The fact that he figured that out.
0: Well, they always say he's the second best detective yeah. in the DC universe. So next I just Batman. I mean, that's that's always been said about his character. And I love how well they're doing that this season. They're really, really treating that the way that it should be treated. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, the, the overarching theme of you know having faith in others was definitely present. In,
0: yeah, in this definitely. episode, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, and and one of the things I really loved about this episode too was the Camilla and Cisco uh, uh, element, where yeah. Camilla was there for Cisco through all of it, and it was like, no, I'll, I'll I'll go through this story with you, and it gave us a real tie to Camilla's character and Cisco and the relationship, and the fact that it's moved in such a great way, um, and. It, it it was it was really wonderful to watch that play. So what was but I we got to get to the twist of who Echo really is. So I'll let you do the honors on that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it a little bit with the, uh, uh, you know, with the doppelgangers of Cisco and most of them being scientists. But it turns out that, you know, this. It really was another doppelganger of Cisco from Earth-19, who, you know, was the same Earth as, I think, um, HR, correct? I think HR was from Earth-19.
0: Yes, and Gypsy and uh, Breacher are also from Earth-19. Yes,
1: exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we do find out that they were indeed wrong. There was another, you know, another doppelganger of Cisco that was was Echo, and it
0: turns out... Oh, yeah. And Valdez played that so creepy and so wonderfully, too. Well, I mean, he's he had so much fun playing. Yeah, it and, and he and he's played other versions of that
1: character before. But like, it's one of those things that you you kind of have a feeling he's just having fun being a different character. Like I, I like a number of people you've talked to or seen in interviews like they will tell you that it is a blast having fun
0: playing somebody who's evil. So I, I have a question for you. So do you think he did a better job playing reverb or playing echo?
1: Oh man. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to give it to echo. Um, and I know that's kind of rough to say because we only got echo for a much shorter time where we got multiple appearances from reverb. Um, but I think Echo or Echo was just a darker character. And I think he I think he just played it better. I think he just, you know, like I mentioned before, I think he just had more fun with it.
0: I, I think so, too. I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. But yeah, like I said, it was it, it was an interesting and very fun story. And watching kind go up against himself. It's, it, it's always fun. But I think this is the time that because the episode was so laser focused on purely him, it was there was a lot more emotion behind it. And I was really, I just thought he did an awesome job with this. I really, really thought this, this was exceptional.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there was definitely some other elements that came out of the episode too, as far as, you know, heart and humor, uh, you know, which are two things that this show focuses very well on. Uh, And I'll, I'll mention them real quick and then we can kind of move on to the, to, to arrow. Um, But um, Josh admitting he sees, I like just calling him Josh. Now, Um, Josh admitting that he saw, and still see Cisco as a son, I thought was a very heartfelt moment between the two characters. Um, and finding out this episode that Cisco has a middle name, and it's Baracus, uh-huh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. And then going into obviously more A Team references, uh, you know, when he's you know with Ralph saying, "I love it when a plan comes together," you know, which is a Hannibal saying. So like, I just. I love it when they dive deep into those pop culture references, and they work out. They and they just fit so they're just so fitting when they happen. Yeah, I love
0: it absolutely. Uh, so I guess the last piece that we do have to mention is you know with Nash and Joe kind of trapped in the tunnel throughout this episode, um, and we didn't really get into it too too much, but it was really just we we obviously see Nash trying to get through that wall to try to kind of uncover what Marta was up to because he's aware of him. He never, they have never met, but we, we do find that out this, uh, this episode, but he's well aware of him. Um, But ultimately the fact that he's kind of taken aback when he finds out the rest of team flash has met him uh, because of elseworlds. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, we do find out that they're like, well, what is on the other side of that wall? It's like, that's, what's going to save Barry's life. And So that's going to be interesting to see what that truly is and if that's going to come into play this coming week. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of that continue to play.
1: I am too, Um, you know, especially considering like now it brings into questions. I mean, there there's there's a moment from this episode of the flash that makes me question some things that might happen in crisis. And there's a moment in arrow as well, which we'll get to when we talk about that, that makes me question a couple things about crisis. Um, you know, and in this moment is what, you know, like you mentioned with Nash saying, this is what's going to save Barry's life is what he's saying. True. And what he develops, which I'm totally buying your prediction of Nash becoming pariah. Um, I think that's probably how that's gonna play out. And, you know, is this really what's gonna save Barry and it's not Oliver's sacrifice? Or, you know, is it Oliver's sacrifice? Which way is this gonna play out and which Barry survives? Um, so yeah, I'm 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 totally on board and watching and following how this is gonna play out as well. Yeah. So um, we also we didn't talk much about the Caitlin and Ramsey element, but there really wasn't a lot.
0: No, not really. I, I would say that was we can probably save that because I'm sure we're just going to see a lot more come out of that next week. But there was really no no forward momentum on that Yeah, It was yeah. just a conversation, really.
1: It was like a C. It was like a C-line story. Yeah. Um, if that. you know. It, yeah. I mean, there was an A story, which was obviously Cisco. There was the B story, which was Nash and Joe. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the Danielle uh, the Danielle Danielle and Renee was kind of more like a C story to this if there was anything at all
0: yeah so uh
1: which brings us to this week's episode of the flash season six episode six license to elongate uh Barry turns his attention to prepping elongated man for life after crisis and without the flash but Ralph ultimately teaches Barry a lesson. Meanwhile Cecile faces her own moment. Of uh, Self-discovery while helping a recuperated Chester P. Runk reclaim his identity. So, you know, while this week was Cisco, it looks like uh, Ralph is going to be a big focus of the episode next week. Nice. So, which I'm, uh, I'm enjoying that they're putting character focuses on these
0: episodes. Yeah, I, I do think that's really well handled. So yeah. the fact that it's, it's spending time with, very spending time with one one character uh, per week and really having a focus, I think, has been a really really strong way to handle six A. So
1: yeah, and it, and you know, and it's really building these characters' strengths up individually, so that when they do come together, uh, you know, to face crisis, they're going to be a much stronger team. Yeah which is going to be fun to watch that brings us to the final show of the week being arrow season eight, episode four present tense when a mysterious new death appears in star city, Oliver and team arrow insist on taking down this villain themselves. Meanwhile, reeling from the loss of one of their own, the future team arrow figures out a new way to try and stop JJ. Uh, so yeah, so by you know the end of last week we are left with that cliffhanger that the future has come to the present in that uh you know Mia William and JJ not JJ um um Connor Connor are all now in the present tense hence the title of the episode uh you know face to face with Oliver Diggle, Renee, and Dinah. Yeah, so it's um, it was one of those things that we kind of looked at when the episode ended and we kind of shrugged off like, oh, why are they doing this? But as you mentioned, the episode was kind of strong and it really played out well.
0: Yeah, it, oddly enough, this is going to be a very short conversation. It seems like always the really good episodes are really short conversations. because They're very straightforward and to the point. Right, because really, it's it's just it's it's. it's FTA, Future Team Arrow, kind of talking to OTA and with a
1: little bit of NTA in there too.
0: Yeah, and it was it was basically saying this is what's gonna happen in the future. Like they were very reluctant to not have that conversation, but you knew it was gonna come out. So when all the information did kind of come out about everything that happened from the future storylines, we really dealt with, you know, NTA and OTA basically being there uh and just finding ways to deal with the situations. Like really the primary one we watched was Diggle's acceptance of what's going to happen with JJ and ultimately his, you know, new relationship with Connor. And ultimately you also have the other side of that too, with Renee now finding out that his daughter's going to be killed by JJ. He's by JJ. Yeah. And the fact that how that impacts his relationship would not only, you know, his daughter, but also with John and how that impacted things. And they, that was the big through line. I think it through the majority of the episode outside of Oliver kind of connecting with his kids, um, but really watching that. And I will say that was probably the strongest stuff in this episode, not to say the other stuff wasn't, but that was really, really well handled. And I think they did a great job. And the fact that all of these characters from the present are now finding out what is going to fall upon the city. Made them all be like, we failed, and this is an opportunity for us to kind of see if we can rewrite this or move time t- tables forward, change things. It was a very Back to the Future-esque kind of feeling episode. Yeah, you know? yeah, it,
1: exactly. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of akin to, you know, Renee finding out that he's going to run and become mayor, like he's going to win the election to become mayor with Zoe, you know, having died by the hands of JJ. It becomes very sports almanac. Element of Back to the Future, like you mentioned, is that can we, you know, instead of hedging our bets and changing the future for ourselves, now they have to see if, you know, because there's an interesting dynamic by the end of the episode where they kind of come to accept the fate that's going to happen and they're just going to progress with their lives, you know, uh, with the idea. That Renee, you know, even says by the end of the episode, I'm going to continue on knowing that this is a future that's never going to happen.
0: Right. And I kind of really like that angle. It's kind of like, okay, well, yes, it creates paradoxes out the ass. Um, (laughs) But still, uh, you know, the way that this all plays, though, is going to be interesting to see kind of how that continues. Does the things that present team Arrow is doing, does that impact the characters from the future? Like, if they make changes, does that alter how everybody from the future acts, reacts, ex- if they exist? All of these things. I'm really curious to see how all of that potentially could play. Um, I mean, it might not do anything, it, it but it might have a massive repercussion. Like, we've seen things like Flashpoint dramatically change events. So... It's possible this could be one of those kind of moments. And that's kind of the interesting part about it is they're kind of creating a new Flashpoint.
1: Yeah, Arrow's uh, version of Flashpoint.
0: So I'm curious if there are going to be ramifications for it. So I I would love to see that hopefully play out. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get an opportunity to see that. But if we do, that would be really cool. It's the idea of, like, them starting the Canaries Network now, Renee being a little bit more aggressive about, like, his political aspirations and all these things about kind of taking over, you know, the glades or are they kind of, you know, the events that happened here, is this actually what started all this initially? You know, yeah, that's, and that's, that's the beautiful time travel conundrum. I'm like, is this actually how it was always meant to happen? Like it's, it's the terminator terminator of it all. You know, this, yeah. the, the, these are the events that happened, but the only way they happen is that the people from the future come back to let that, let that information be known. I'm, I'm glad it's interesting I, to think of.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually what I was thinking too is that is this stuff that was already meant to happen like you know obviously you know Mia and William have never met their father but is that because like they never Oliver never tells them that he's already met them as adults because he doesn't survive to to tell them that you know does John does John adopt Connor because Connor came back and told him that he adopts him? Like, yeah. these are all things that could have already played out the way they are, you know, and is Renee running for mayor because he was told by, you know, by William that he was going to win it. It's these are things that could have already, like you said, them coming to the present day or what could have caused these chains of events to play out the way they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we see that, like, you know, Renee is already running for a city council role, you know, in this episode before that knowledge comes out. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you're right. His political aspirations, are they going to move even faster or quicker? Um, one of the things, though, we got to talk about, which was kind of cool, and I love the fact that it kind of brought it back because it's something that has still been a loose end for quite some time, has been Star City 2046 from Season 1 of Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. We had a a different death stroke. And now we get to see that Deathstroke. Grant Wilson, who we did see in 2046, we actually see here. Which I love the fact that they did this and it was not JJ. Because that was the only weird loose end we had still kind of hovering out there. Granted, again, you know, we do see Connor Hawk as Green Arrow in 2046. But we're only dealing with the characters from 2040. So the question is, in that future, if, you know, if that future arc continues in you know Green Arrow and, and the Canaries, does that eventually play out? Does Mia die? Does Connor, or does she become somebody else, um, and Connor becomes Green Arrow? All of these things could potentially happen.
1: Well, correct. So kinda- correct me if I'm wrong, though. But do we not also see a one armed Oliver Queen? In that we future do. as well.
0: But that's also 2046. And we only know what happens in 2040. So it doesn't mean that. He could return
1: know, at some point in, in that right.
0: time. Right. Exactly. All these little things. And like the future stills like Because again, you got to remember Flashpoint still happens. Uh, and Flashpoint changes all, re- all potential future realities. It branches new points. So things can change now. Um, so that 2046 future could could be there with slate alterations to it. So again, we're talking time travel, so we could talk about this for hours yes. and argue <laughs> about this and be like, "This is theory one." Okay, let's have a. We need a, we need our Star Labs whiteboard and we can start plotting out this. Alternate nineteen eighty five. Yes,
1: and can I just say, as a huge Back to the Future fan, I love it when we get the reference Back to the Future in these podcasts. Oh, absolutely, and, <laughs> and I, you and you you dig right into it too with the whole alternate nineteen eighty five.
0: Absolutely, ooh la la, ooh la la.
1: <laughs> By the way, thirty fifth anniversary next year, twenty twenty. Um, absolutely, I can't wait. They've already had a ton of shit planned. Anyway, um. I, I do have one nitpick about this episode. Um, okay. There's the there's a scene when they're in the police station and they bring in that one guy and he's cuffed to the chair. Um, well, I don't think he's cuffed to the chair. But, <laughs> I know exactly
0: what you're going to talk but, about. And he
1: plants the bomb under... Under the chair, and I can
0: see stealth. I can see stealthing in the bomb, stealthing in the Deathstroke mask is what (laughs) pissed me off. And I'm like, where did that come from? Where the hell did that helmet
1: come from? (laughs) Like all of a sudden, it flips down, and like, really, where did that come from? Like that was a little that was a little ridiculous. That was
0: that that made me laugh. That that was again, it was like the Supergirl moment this week. But I'm like, wait a second. The bomb I get. I totally get it. But still, (laughs) whoever the cop is, did the worst pat down of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like
1: if you did not notice he was wearing a Deathstroke helmet, you are a horrible cop.
0: But it's all good. You know, like I said, I I will say um, this was also the very first episode. I liked Mia. I was really pleasantly surprised with her, her character in this episode because watching her interact with Oliver made you remember the way Oliver was at certain points because she's going through the same things. But she also got a chance to deal with her crap. And we saw her kind of be able to kind of confront it. And I thought that was really well done because it was the fact that she's lost so many people. There's been so many deaths. It's that great scene of Oliver and Mia and standing in front of, you know, um, you know, Maura and Robert Queen's graves at the end where it's kind of like, I can help you learn to live with grief. And it was all these things. We had these great moments. Like the William stuff was well done. It was well executed. It was well written. You know, we have the coming out scene, which I think was well, again, Big surprise, CW handled that incredibly well. It, it's not a shock. We, we, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that was really touching, and it was. But again, we've seen that on a lot of shows. We know that they're really, really smart and wonderful about the way that they handle those sequences. And it's not to state that that was not wonderfully done or any of those things. But I think the Mia of it all was what was, oddly enough, more interesting. Um, you know, the, the chemistry we did get from the older William and Oliver, I thought was beautiful. I mean, it was some of the best scenes through this entire episode. Um, but I really, again, was pleasantly surprised with Kristen McNamara, Um, which,
1: which shocks me because I know how you feel,
0: um, about, I have not been a fan of of, of her portrayal of the character so far. Uh, but this was the episode she definitely turned a corner for me and I think they did a really good job. I don't know how you feel on it, but I think, you know, there was the moments where I'm like, Oh my God, get over yourself. Shut up. But then by the end, you're like, okay, this was warranted. I understand where she's coming no,
1: from. No, I, I agree with you on the on that element. I think she did a phenomenal job. Again, you know, I talked about it at the top of the podcast, how I felt like there's some phenomenal acting, um, you know, from a lot of them. I think Kate McNamara fits into that as well. Um, you know, I, again, Ben Lewis did a fantastic job. The whole dynamic between Oliver and William was great. Um, again, I, I, I have to reiterate it. Um, Uh, Oh, God. Um, Rick Gonzalez as Renee blew me away this episode Mm -hmm. because of dealing with the whole element of of um, of uh, his daughter's death. And, you know, at the same time, Ramsey, David Ramsey as as Diggle dealing with JJ, like all of these people dealing with, you know, with the present day, dealing with the future and the future dealing with the past. I think it all played out phenomenally. And I think this episode we've kind of been a little overly critical uh, of the show as the series as a whole, but I think this episode it's, it's one that really merits the legend that we give it more than anything else.
0: Yeah. It did, and it was all because of again excellent writing, excellent acting, uh, and great chemistry between these characters. We we saw the best parts of these people kind of come back to the fold, and we've been seeing some really great scenes from a lot of these people so far in these short season, uh, this short season. But while maybe some of the plots have not been what's been gripping us, the characters have been, and I, I will say that's been great. And it's great to f- say finally, I'm not too afraid of the future stuff anymore. Um, This was the episode that finally put me past it because there's now – I now know why I should care. Beforehand, it was characters that we weren't invested in. And I don't – I can't say I'm entirely invested into them, but I can say I am dramatically more than I have been in the past. And that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. And I thought they brought a lot to the bigger picture. I think what was great too was we also saw Laurel and – um you know mia start making their connections that will feed into the backdoor pilot and all these things as well so um i i think everything worked really great though i was really again happy and plus
1: yeah me too me as well um i think that leads us to the final moment of the episode which you know i kind of teased a little bit in the flash how we get a moment in the flash that makes me question crisis and we get a moment narrow uh and that is we see uh katie cassidy uh, A.K.A. Laura Lance face to face with the monitor, uh, and it's a confrontation which brings up the fate of Earth Two. Uh, you know, Earth Two, as we saw it in the the pilot or the premiere of this season, was wiped away from existence, and apparently there is a way to restore it. At least that is what the monitor is telling her, and the the choice she has to make is that she has to betray Oliver. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know. If you were put in that situation, I think, to save your entire Earth, you do what he tells you to do.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, also, the other part that we didn't talk about is, like, we did have Curtis back in this episode. Yes. He is actually looking into some of the material fraud that was destroyed by the the antimatter um, wave from Earth 2. And basically said, hey, there's a way we can kind of maybe find a weapon to fight this. Uh, The catch is... It's in Russia. And all I can say is, yes, we're going back to see Anatoly. Um, <laughs> because, I'm, I, you know what? I want one more good episode with Anatoly and Oliver. I love the relationship the two of them have. And have ever since they they introduced uh, Anatoly on the show. You know, whether we've had thousands of ups and downs and a really weird, twisted kind of father-son relationship between them. Um, it's It's always been incredibly enjoyable. So I can't wait to see them. Well, have he, an opportunity next week.
1: He's not listed in the credits for next week, but that does not mean that he's not going to be in the episode.
0: Uh, I think I did hear correctly that he is. Okay. So, um, um, and I do believe, I think the week potentially after that is Ernie Hudson coming back in.
1: Well, it, it, when I say next week is because there is no arrow this week. They actually are on a break this week. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, uh the next episode of Arrow season 5 which puts us by the end of it at the halfway point of this final season, uh does not air until next Tuesday, November 19th. Okay. So we there is no Arrow this week um which makes me wonder. I got to go back. I think there's still an episode of The Flash this week. I didn't check the date when I looked at uh the episode. Super
0: Supergirl and Batwoman and all that jazz.
1: Yeah, um I I think might be it's oh no flash is on a break this week as well okay Uh, flash does not air until November 19th I have to double check on Supergirl and Batwoman to see if they do air this Sunday uh let's see confidence woman airs yep airs this Sunday which means Batwoman is probably new as well this week so but yeah flash and arrow are not on on Tuesday
0: well, that's great for us because again, extra life. So we ha- we'll have a short episode, yeah, so we'll be able to get that out to you guys a little bit quicker. Uh, so that's good. That's yeah, really good. As so we'll they
1: have- had they knew extra life was this week, so they were kind of giving us a break.
0: Well, it's our extra life. Act- actual extra life happened a week ago, so uh, and it was a shame because it got attacked by a DDoS attack too, so people weren't able to make donations because some out some person out there is an asshole.
1: Oh well. So.
0: That's that. That's happened. This is the second or third time now that uh, Extra Life, the charity event, has been attacked and taken offline on game day, which is the day that they make 90% of their money for charity, which yeah. is really messed up. Which is a shame. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that kind of wraps it up for uh, for the discussions on Arrow. Again, no Arrow this week. It's going to be next week, November 19th, which just to reiterate is when Flash is going to return as well. Uh, season 8 uh, season eight, episode five Prognost upon learning the key to oppose the monitor. Oliver and team return to Russia on a mission to gather the necessary materials. Connor reunites with a figure from his past. So I'll pose a quick question to you and then we'll wrap up the discussions. These things that they're going through to kind of oppose the monitor. Do you feel by the end they're truly going to oppose the monitor or do you think they're going to be put to use against the anti-monitor? That's
0: a good question. Uh, I think this is they're going to realize what the monitor is truly doing and use this again. Try to use these things that they're building against the anti-monitor. That's what I think is That's well. my guess. That's my guess. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, matter of perspective. That's what it boils down to is what monitor the monitor is doing versus what Oliver Queen thinks he's doing. And I think that's the great thing, is a lot of people are still viewing the monitor, because for those of you that don't know Crisis on Earth, maybe viewing the monitor as the big bad if you're not familiar with it but again we know specifically it is the anti-monitor so yeah um so yeah again i'm excited and looking forward to seeing it all play out though so uh
1: according to images of the next episode too i think it's a return of colton haynes
0: as well i believe i believe so um i believe he is involved in the episode yep so
1: uh, all right, that wraps it up for the discussions of the episodes and the breakdowns, which leads us into our next segment, which is news from DC.
0: All right, well, there is very little this week, uh, but I did want to get a couple pieces out uh, about Crisis specifically and a lead up to Crisis. So, we do know officially that the penultimate or slash midseason finale of The Flash does lead heavy into Crisis. Like, that's basically Crisis. You know, point you know, like episode zero of uh, yeah. Crisis. Um and then there's zero point five is the arrow episode that happens the week before as well. So those are going to be vital episodes. So if you are just kind of like in and out and you're like, Oh, watch Crisis and we'll get around and you still listen to us, and this is the way that you catch up, make sure to watch the episodes the week before. Uh and I, we would recommend probably across all of the shows because I would not be surprised if there's like a stinger or something special for in each show. Maybe it's something like we got with El last year with the earth 90 stuff. Well, it's, which was still super. Well, just
1: to, just to correct you, it's actually two weeks before crisis, the two episodes before the two weeks before crisis. Oh, that's right. That's right. uh, right, The last temptation of Barry Allen part one. And then the following week is the last temptation of Barry Allen part two,
0: part two. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I I do know too, during those episodes, that is indeed, we found out from the showrunners. That is when, they will find out about the destruction of Earth 2. That has been confirmed at this point, that they will not have that knowledge until those episodes. Um, So basically the best way to think about it is none of the shows right now are currently running in tandem. They're not all on the same timeline. So that's something to kind of think about. Because like you said, Batwoman we know is several weeks or months behind based on how the next episodes go, because we did mention the Arkham breakout that just happened, which means it was elsewhere. Yeah. So over the next couple of weeks is them basically skipping several months forward. Uh, and episode five made a lot of sense because they're kind of like, okay, this is where things are at. And they could say two months later, three months later, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, time is passing. Um, so I, I think again, Arrow is happening a little bit sooner. It was more, my guess, a lot sooner after the last season ended um, and we do know there was at least a three month jump in the Flash because they they were dealing with several months after the death of Norman. Yes. Um, so, uh, so again, that's probably just the reason of why this is happening the way it's happening. So it's okay. Um, so as far as some other things too. So going into Crisis proper, uh, we have found out officially that Tom Welling has come out and said his cameo is very, very, very short. Which means he's probably in a maximum of one or two scenes. This is what we expect for most of the cameos. If you're expecting more than that, just you uh, know, hold your expectations. <laughs> so uh, it, it's great that they're making appearances. That's the cool part. Um, you know, there's. I will give a great recommendation uh, if I can find it in a few moments <laughs> when we continue to talk. Uh, but that's, I think, a great way to view it. As again, these cameos are going to be quick. They're going to be to the point. Because they want to focus on the characters that are present, the ones that are here and now, not, you know, Helena Bertinelli from Birds of Prey is not going to have this, like, penultimate moment that's going to defy what Barry Allen or or Green Arrow can do, you know? It's going to be – the story still centers around Batwoman, Supergirl, The Flash, and Green Arrow. That's where your expectation should be purely focused on is our four core characters, plus the legends in whatever way that they have them involved in it, because they could be more minor characters like we've seen in a fewer, uh, few other ones in the past. Um, you know, we they had a large role to play in Crisis on Earth X, but obviously they weren't involved in Elseworlds things like that. They had a later role in an Invasion. All of these little pieces. Well, so it's depending on how big of a role.
1: I think the Legends will play a bigger role this year, only because they have their own episode as part of Crisis. They they basically wrap Crisis. Um, Supergirl kicks it off with Arrow One, Batwoman Arrow Two, Flash Arrow Three, which leads us into the pan- which leads us into the mid seasons, um, or at least the break until January. Arrow Part Four and Legends Part Five. So. Uh, I think they're gonna. Pl- I think everybody's gonna be a, play a part in it from hour one. But Legends does have their own episode in Crisis this year.
0: Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's it's the question of though. I'm saying is how many other characters have a central gotcha. focal point gotcha. in it? Because again, with some characters like Brandon Routh playing double duty, things like that. Um, that's the big question I think for me is how how many moments they're going to have gotcha okay so um so but again it's still we know we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff out of it i mean there's no question about that at all so um all right so we also do know too that guggenheim has come out and said they are still adding crisis on infinite earth surprises as they continue finishing the project so they said there's plenty that people do not know at this time and they're still actually trying to make some additional deals because they are in the process right now of reshoots and uh, some additional cameo shots that are happening. So um, I'm excited to see what this potentially could mean. They said they still have a few tricks up their sleeves and we're working every day on adding more and more to this. Which
1: so. we said we said that from the beginning too, that a lot of people were disappointed they were revealing all this stuff. And we we've said it numerous times, do not be shocked if there are more surprises in there that we haven't heard of yet. And it looks like that's yes. what's coming to play
0: definitely um yeah so i it's, i'm excited to see what this truly is gonna mean it's gonna be really yeah. damn cool really really damn cool so um but yeah um i i i you know, honestly, there's not a lot else left out there to talk about, but we do have two small things well, that did come into play for want to,
1: I want to make one more quick mention of oh, sure. something for Crisis, too. Um, you know, I talked about how Legends of Tomorrow is part of Crisis. They do have their Episode 5. Uh, they, they take place of Hour 5 of Crisis. Uh, we were mistaken before. We thought that was going to be the season premiere. That is actually not the season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, that is actually Season 5, Episode 0. Their episode of Crisis is not part of their regular season. Their premiere will happen. Their season premiere will happen post Crisis.
0: Mm -hmm. So that was all. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Um, So turning it to the film side of things. So we have two, actually, kind of three rumors, but like two rumors that are more 100% valid that we know at this point in time is because there's one out there that is kind of loose in the air, so yeah. there's a little less on it, but we'll, we'll, I'll let you bring that up real quick. But we did find out that Matt Reeves, the Batman movie, is actually eyeing up Andy Circus to play our brand new Alfred. Uh, and I gotta say, this is exceptional casting. I love this concept, and I love this idea. I think he would be really, really quite wonderful in this role. Um, so, fingers crossed that that's indeed what it is. I will say, the wonderful boss logic has already done some great mock-ups and it looks exceptional. So please make sure to check him out over on Twitter. Look that out or his Instagram because, man, he's he's got some really cool shots of his, some of his ideas of what that could look
1: like. I love Boss Logic. Anytime there's a casting announcement, he always does some kind of mock-up and they always look
0: great. And, and he's done some recent comic covers too for DC that are stunning as well too. So, I mean, he's he's not just a, a, an internet artist that does things like these. He actually does some really great legitimate art that has appeared in comics so which is yeah. wonderful uh but the other person that is also being eyed up for a role is colin farrell to play the penguin i think this is great uh which i love and i know a lot of people might be like he's the wrong look for this i will absolutely say if you take a look at people like you know, Robin Lord Taylor, uh, his interpretation of the Penguin, a lot of people truly just adore and love. Uh, but also that, though, too, but we and uh, Ben and I played through the Telltale Batman games and re- went through that review with you guys through both seasons of that. Uh, and the Penguin in that is a very different take and was also quite just absolutely wonderful. So I, you know what, if they give us a, one of those two versions and a, kind of a more twisted take on it, bring it on man it sounds I, it sounds great I love this idea I love this concept and every time we get a more and more casting announcements for this or potential casting announcements it is sounding better and better yeah so. absolutely um
1: which i guess leads I guess n- leads me to the one that you wanted me to allude to.
0: Yeah, because um, I, I, I'm not as familiar with seeing the story. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a story that's floating out there. It's um, it's still potentially rumored right now. It's not anything that has uh, has been confirmed yet, but there, I've seen it from multiple sources. Uh, And if it is true, let's just say the the casting of Harvey Dent will be all right. All right. All right. I had to do it. I could yeah, not fair. help myself. Uh, And that is they are eyeing up Matthew McConaughey to play. Uh, Harvey Dent, uh, Harvey Dent in the Batman, he's not going to be two face, uh, because the rumor is that if he is cast, he will become, it will be a lead in to be to him becoming two face in the sequel to the Batman. So, um, again, though, I think this is good casting. I mean, he's, he's played lawyers in the past. So to see him play, if they kind of go like the district attorney route that they have in previous stories before, I think he could pull it off. Yeah, I really do. So, you know, I I think that that's more casting that if that comes to fruition, along with Colin Farrell and Andy Serkis, man, it's the Batman is shaping up. You know, we've already got Zoe Kravitz and, you know, obviously um, Robert Pattinson. The casting of this movie is turning out to be something truly phenomenal. And it's it's going to be huge. And I'm I look more and more forward to it the more we hear about it
0: absolutely absolutely but that's that's it for the news though man like again i no lie it was a not a light, lot light 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 stuff
1: yeah uh which i guess leads us into a couple recommendations and our cheap plugs before we get out um recommendations this week i don't know uh, i i can just mention what i've been watching um i've been catching up on on uh, on clone wars so you know, it's my intention to kind of go through Clone Wars and Rebels because we got Star Wars coming up next month, man. Yeah,
0: I know. It's crazy. I I just got through Episode 1 and 2. I was going to be, can I squeeze in the 44 episodes of Clone Wars that are kind of like the essentials? Uh, I opted not to. And I, 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 I actually, you know what? I think I'm not going to watch anything else. I think I'm going to go into this uh, with the exception of watching Rebels because I do think Rebels is going to play some small factor into things. Um, even if it's the the quick cameo we saw in the trailer of having the ghost next to the millennium Falcon in the big fight. Uh, but I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to say to this day, I still thoroughly love rebels, but I do have a recommendation for this week because we talked about crisis and setting your expectations. Um, the animated classic show that I just thoroughly adore and love is the justice league, not justice league unlimited. I, uh, thoroughly love that too but for different reasons but justice league specifically season three episodes number 12 and 13 the once and future thing so the first part of that is we a weird western tales the second part is called time warped the reason that is really interesting is because it's giving us a little bit of what crisis kind of is and the way some of these cameos i think are going to play um that meaning being things like we see our only appearance of how jordan because like the timeline changes so you know Jon Stewart turns into Hal Jordan during a fight makes a comment it's like don't worry Hal Jordan Green Lantern Corps nothing don't worry about anything and then he just dives back into the brawl and then but like I think we're gonna see cameos like that it's going to be quick they're gonna be to the point um but in addition to it though too there's other amazing things like seeing you know Batman dealing with you know Batman beyond Batman well and Bruce Wayne of that timeline from Neo Gotham, plus seeing things like, you know, uh, an older Static Shock working with the Justice League, all of these things. It's just there's a lot of fun stuff that's all around this. And that makes me more and more excited thinking about what's to come with crisis.
1: And what episodes so, were these?
0: Uh, this is Justice League, uh, the animated series, seasons three, episodes 12 and episodes 13. Um, it's dealing with the character Kronos, uh, which we have seen a little bit in uh, obviously Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, that was Kronos being the other person that also was Mick Rory. So, but they this, that version of Kronos was dramatically tweaked. This is more the traditional version of Kronos that we see here in Justice League. Uh, so, definitely give them a watch. They are truly exceptional episodes. Uh, and also, if you're a fan of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, that movie, most of the Jokers from that movie play large roles here, um, and especially in the part two episode. Um, so I would highly recommend checking it out.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Justice League on, on Benflix, uh, and my episodes are definitely wrong because yes, they, they have seasons three and seasons five, both listed as the same episode titles. So obviously, yeah, um, season three is incorrect.
0: Yes. So it is meant to be season three, episode 12, and then season three, episode 13. Yeah. So, okay. I'm, Uh, but yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking them out. They are, if you're looking for like a great 45 minutes, uh, dude, I'm going to say they're just exceptional and just truly amazing. Maybe
1: I will check them out today as I am uh, editing this podcast. Sure. So, but that's it for me. Cool. So, uh, that leads us into our cheap plugs before we get out of here. Uh, as always, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts as part of the next level podcast network, uh, facebook.com slash the next level network, www.thenextlevelnetwork.com. And of course the Facebook page for this podcast, which is facebook.com slash DC Primetime.
0: And as for me, you can always find me through the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. Uh, I haven't announced what the next episode is, but I just realized what it should be last night. Uh, And I can say our November episode is because we missed it by a month and a half. (laughs) But I wanted to make sure we got it in there. Not the episode, but I wanted to make sure that we got the actual event covered because it's something kind of awesome. So our next episode is going to be all about Batman. So it's a great cross episode for everybody from DC to check out on Kathy and crew before we do our giant star Wars episode, the very end of December. Okay. So since
1: we do this podcast, of course I have to make sure I'm available to do that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I have to be because it was, it was, you know, the big 80th anniversary uh, just a month and a half ago. So it feels very, very fitting that we, we make sure that this year in 2019, we celebrate the 80th anniversary of Batman. So uh, we will definitely do that in November. Uh, Like I said, it'll probably be a full round table uh, and we will be talking everything about when we first kind of were introduced to the characters growing up to the villains and what makes them special and awesome and why the character of Batman and, and the Bat family are really unique and interesting characters. And get a chance to play around in that universe a little bit. I think it'll be a ton of fun. So I think, I think what we're going to have to do is because it's something that we always do. Uh, usually in the back half of those caffeine crew episodes is uh, we usually try to be a little creative with those universes. And I think what I would love to see is if we could each create a new, unique villain Ooh, in the Batman universe and a new, u- unique bat family member. So uh, I think that would be a ton of fun. So I'm looking forward to that one. Like I said, that'll be probably coming out really close to the very end of the month that's the plan if not it might be up maybe like the first week of december
1: cool so. yeah that'll be fun so uh one more time since it is the final opportunity before we wrap this up uh our extra life uh charity a 24-hour marathon happens next weekend or this coming weekend by the time you're listening to this um so, obviously, we want to put a final push on this. Like we mentioned, we're going to be a day late with the podcast. But, again, we just recently re- realized that we only have two episodes to talk about. So, that's that's going to be a little bit – it's going to make things a little bit easier on us. Uh, but Rob and I are obviously still trying to raise as much money as we can before this. So, uh, we encourage you if you – want to give to this great charity, all the proceeds go to the Children's Miracle Net- uh, Network, Network, uh, more specifically Ch- uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which is the money that Rob and I and our team are raising money for. Most of the members of our team are raising for CHOP. Uh, there are still opportunities for you to give uh, and we encourage you to do so if you can just go to extra life.org and up in the search bar, look for team next level, you will find myself, you will find Rob, you will find any of the team members from ours from our team on uh, their team next level, you can give to any of them. Uh, it all goes to the same place. We're not in competition to see who can raise more. We're just trying to raise as much as we can as a team yeah so I don't know if you have anything else to add to that or
0: no it's just an awesome cause uh I'm I'm gearing up for for this one man like I I feel like I'm really behind on things but uh, I'm really excited uh, though it's just getting an opportunity to do something awesome with a lot of fun so
1: it's always fun I mean even if we only raise like five hundred dollars I'd still do it like it's
0: well we we raised almost forty one hundred (laughs) dollars so yeah exactly which makes it even better
1: yes exactly Um, so with that being said, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of DC primetime. Thank you as always for being a part of the DC primetime family. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.